0: everyone and welcome to today's show. I'm Eric Renssel and I'll be your host. Today we'll be talking with Brian Mulqueen, Gannett Fleming Executive Vice President and Transit and Rail Business Group Manager, about the importance of transportation planning to the business line and what his hopes are for it. Hi, Brian, and welcome to our show.
1: Hi, Eric. Uh, Happy to be here and thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, for sure. I appreciate you taking some time out of your busy schedule. If you don't mind, let's just get started and, and dive right in. Can we start by having you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself?
1: Sure. Um, well, I've been with Gannett Fleming for a little over 10 years now. Um, after uh, 2009, coming off a strong year, I was an investment hire in late in 2009 I was hired as a seller-doer to lead the growth for transit and rail in what was, at the time, uh, Delmarva and the southeast regions. I live in Raleigh, North Carolina, and uh, that's my home office. My focus with, uh, again, Fleming from the day I arrived was to help us win and deliver major transit projects, um, mega projects, um, and to uh, lead them as a prime. In about 2014, I took over as uh, National Practice Manager for Transit and Rail, and then since 2016, I've been the Director. Um, I also serve serve on the Gannett Fleming Board of Directors, and I also serve on the Crick Board.
0: Well, it definitely sounds like you've had some really interesting experiences uh, since you've been here with us at Gannett. How do you think those experiences have prepared you for your current role?
1: Well, I've done a lot of different things in my career, Um, worked in a lot of different uh, market sectors that Gannett Fleming works in, uh, water and environmental services. But most of my career has been in transportation and the majority of that really has been in transit and rail. Um, My core technical strengths are really in program management and program delivery worked across the spectrum, though, from planning to construction management. But all that has served me well in uh, leading and growing a transit rail corporate business group, as we're calling them now. Um, I have a good understanding of what the client's wants and needs are, and um, I believe I uh, have a good feel for building teams that can deliver on our objectives, whether they be, in capture to win a big program, or in delivery, or more broadly, in just building the business.
0: Thanks, that's that's really interesting. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about the structure of the transit and rail business group?
1: Okay, that's a good question. That's a uh, it's a uh, somewhat unique organization within our company. The way we've structured, uh, but we're really proud of how it functions and how, how well that works for us. Uh, Transit and rail is operated without geographic p and um, for many years, really since before I was here. So we've always been, whether it be considered a national practice or a global business line, we've always been um, organized along market um, definition, not geographic definition. Um, we've evolved now to an organization that focuses very highly on our our tier one clients. And for transit and rail, we think of tier one clients as clients that can sustain $4 million a year in annual revenue. Today, we have about 22 tier one clients and between 80 and 90% of our revenue comes from them. We've built the organization to win work for all of Gannett Fleming's uh, business lines with the transit clients. Um, And we export a lot of work or we work share with the other business lines uh, to a very significant extent. Um, Since 2014, we've grown from about a $40 million business to significantly over $100 million business. So this model works for us and our current backlogs in the order of 260 million. Uh, From a structure standpoint, we really have three primary business lines in Transit and Rail Corporate Business Group. Um, That's Transit Rail Systems, and systems are all the control and power and and, uh, specialty elements that make a transit project. So it's signal and communication, it's uh, track, it's catenary power, operation simulation operations planning and then we have a group that's uh, transit rail facilities and that's all the unique transit um, facilities uh, stations and maintenance facilities all the buildings uh, and support systems that uh, um, transit properties need to operate a transit system that group works really closely with our facilities business line Um, our focus is really on the niche areas that uh, transit properties need, like industrial engineering for maintenance facilities and passenger facilities. And then our third group is uh, transit and rail client and program delivery. And that probably needs a little explanation. Um, This group was formed when when we created transit and rail um, as a global business line after change is good one we um, we were looking for a structure that would allow us to um, have a place where we could invest in talent to grow the business and that talent we knew would be generally aligned to our client manager positions and also would be the big program managers so client program development is just that it's a combined arm of client management program delivery and mega program Mega project managers. Um, it's grown tremendously since we created it in 2016, um, and it's been really the tip of the spear for us to win some of these mega projects that we focus on.
0: Thanks for that description. That's that's really good and helpful. I think you know since we've been getting into this um, thought about what transportation planning looks like in the future, we've talked about the importance of. Uh, the planning practice being representative of both the roadway and the transit and rail business groups can you tell me how transportation planning fits in with your business group as you've described it and what you hope people recognize by the way we've started to set up the transportation planning practice
1: uh trans transportation planning is very important to the transit and rail uh, corporate business group, and um, and and it's it's important to recognize that transportation planning isn't specific to any particular mode. It's really about getting people and goods from place to place and providing for mobility in our communities. It's um, over the years, Gannon Fleming has had. Um, very strong um, transportation planning and at times it's been less of a focus of the organization Um, such that for a time transit and rail really didn't rely on transportation planning as a key market entry point Uh, we used other things like our expertise in transit systems as as our key market entry point but today we recognize that's not the best strategy for us. We want as many market points, market entry points, as we can. So, transportation planning is really elevated now in our uh, level of interest. Um, we don't have a dedicated transit planning group within the transit and rail business line, and and the vision of 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 myself and and of uh, the leadership on the roadways group overall the transportation leadership is that uh, transportation planning serves both transit and rail and roadways we do have transit planners within our group and they and we do have transit planning assignments and clients that we serve with transit planning but um, but they're not um, but but until we we modify our structure somewhat, it, as a practice, will reside in roadways because that's the way our our corporate structure works. Um, still, um, it's uh, critical that transportation planning uh, be successful and be a success a part of uh, feeding our uh, transit um, our transit and rail business line. There's a lot of different aspects to transit. Uh, to transit and transportation planning, and I think one of the keys is that we understand what we wanted to do. Um, the um, The world, as I see it, in planning it is long range planning, travel demand forecasting, service planning, master planning, capital project planning for stations and fixed guideway facilities. Then you've got environmental planning, which is driven by the NEPA process. You've got capital asset renewal, planning, procurement, state of good repair and renewal planning as well. The list is is really uh, long and it keeps going. So uh, what we wanna do is see a planning organization that can bring the suite of services necessary to help us position for the mega programs, um, having strength in all of those aspects. And um, helping our clients who are preparing for um, implementation of big infrastructure programs to make decisions on the best way to um, move the people and goods that they're intending to move.
0: Thanks for that explanation, Brian. I think that really helps provide some great context. Hope everybody's enjoying the interview so far. Uh, We'll be right back after these messages. Good afternoon. It's Jen Hale with The Crick. Have you ever wondered how the Crick process works? Well, you don't have to wait any longer. Here's a breakdown. Once you submit your idea to The Crick, our working group will evaluate your submission. The working group is comprised of 10 representatives from various business lines from all over the country here at Gannett Fleming. If the working group deems the submission needs further investigation, we work with you to develop a viability analysis. From there, you submit a rough order of magnitude, then a high-level project schedule is created. After that, you get to present a pitch deck of your idea to the board of directors. They will have the final say in project funding. And in case you didn't know, Gannett Fleming has funded over 50 employee-submitted innovations since 2007. Maybe yours could be next. Welcome back, everyone. Today, we're talking with Gannett Fleming Executive Vice President Brian Malkwein about transportation planning. Brian, before the break, we were talking about uh, the role of planning uh, for transit and rail. I've also heard you talk a lot about um, the need to plan and design for flexible infrastructure in today's world. Can you describe uh, for our listeners a little bit about what you mean by that?
1: uh certainly I'm, uh, I'm I'm very passionate about the topic uh, um, decisions that our clients make our our uh, government clients and uh, and elected officials make in terms of investment of tax dollars for mega programs um, have to be thought through um, with a great deal of scrut- uh, scrutiny and consideration of uh, of the value of those um, investments. Um, We've seen a lot of changes in mobility and then how, um, how um, to address the mobility needs of our communities. Um, Over the years, we've gone from having big fixed rail programs to big highway programs to more fixed rail programs, um, all supported by bus. And in the future, we're going to see Many new changes, whether they be autonomous vehicles or um, or uh, underground hyperloop type solutions, or um, or um, uh, things like Uber Air, I think we're really at a critical point today when we know that there's such uh, a uh, technology disruption um, point in front of us that. Uh, the nature of mobility is going to change dramatically. We all understand that infrastructure, when built lasts 70, 80 years, maybe 100 years, we're replacing the portal bridge right now, which was, uh, which was about, um, is uh, somewhat, I think it's about 120 years old now. Uh, so our clients today are making decisions um, that are hundreds of millions and billions of dollars. Uh, and those decisions are on investments that are going to have to last and be functional for 100 years and i think that uh, what we're seeing today is that the disruptions that are going to occur in mobility are going to require our clients the planners the communities the electorate officials to really understand and have a good feel for what that disruption is going to look like and whether the infrastructure that they're building Um, in the next 10 years and the years to come will serve the mobility needs um, for the next 70, 80, 100 years as, uh, as the infrastructure did that was built in 1900.
0: I think that's a really great perspective. And I think that's something that we can definitely build on as we think about what a progressive transportation planning offering looks like with what you've described and how you think about it, what is the role of Gannett Fleming's transportation planners in this approach that you've just talked about?
1: Well, you could sum it up really simply to say, you know, we just have to be, um, we have to be able to credibly suggest uh, what kind of infrastructure and what kind of mobility solutions appropriate to implement over the next 10, 15 years such that it'll last and be functional for 100 years, but it's a lot more than, than just saying that. Obviously, um, innovation and, um, and a broad understanding of the technology-driven changes and the demographic-driven changes is gonna be key to this. We really need to be experts in understanding how mobility will evolve. And um, the role for the planning practice is really create that uh, unique organization that is very forward focused and very um, technology uh, uh, adept and has a um, a, a strong ability to communicate with clients and help them understand uh, that we don't all know what mobility in the future is going to look like, but we know what the forces are that are going to influence it, and we can help them identify infrastructure solutions that will have that adaptability. Um, I use the uh, example of—I uh, use a couple of examples, and one of my like is the uh, the example of uh, curb space at, at airports. You know, when modal share of uh, trips. Uh, departing airports was um, picked up by your, by your family or take the bus to the rental car or the remote parking lot Motor, uh, curve space was allocated accordingly to the number of people departing. All of a sudden with rideshare, uh, picking up so many of the trips at airports, um, the amount of curve space that was allocated to rideshare, two years ago um, is totally inadequate. What we see is tremendous cr- congestion on the, uh, on the uh, airport uh, roadways, right at the, uh, at the Uber and Lyft pickup, at the rideshare pickup. We've gotta be smart when we talk about transportation planning and use that kind of example to understand that uh, airports um, and anybody who's making an investment has to consider the, the impact of those changes. Right now, so what does that mean? Airports are scrambling to figure out how to create a different ride share uh, departure structure, and they're building them remotely. And, uh, um, but but it's only been through the failure of the old ways that they've realized they've got to um, come up with new ways to accommodate the changing technology. What we wanna do is get to the point where they don't have to fail, they can just plan ahead more effectively.
0: So with that said, and kind of painting that vision and thinking about where we are and what our aspirations are for planning, what are your goals or hopes for transportation planning in 2020?
1: Well, we're not just seeking to build a transportation planning organization that is, um, is competitive with the pack that is, um, That has all the same skill sets and can jump into the market as it exists today and compete head to head and win. Now, Don't get me wrong. Those are good things. We should be competitive in the traditional transportation planning. But to me, it's uh, important to realize that um, I've made the statements that mobility is going to change dramatically and uh, Really, the leading edge of that mobility changing is transportation planning has to change. The uh, The nature of what transportation planning is to the transportation infrastructure industry has to change dramatically. That's the tip of the spear. My vision of transportation planning changes are that um, we're not going to try to catch up with the pack and be uh, as good as them and then beat them we're going to move transportation planning's areas of focus to what the industry is going to be talking about five years from now. Um, In doing so, we can get ahead of the pack. um, Because the whole conversation about transportation planning is going to change. It's going to change from from going through the progressive steps that have always been the steps to to, uh, plan for uh, transportation investment to Going through a much more dramatic assessment of building uh, infrastructure that will enable mobility uh, on day one and day one hundred of that, mo- or year one hundred of that mobility, uh, or that infrastructure life. So, I envision transportation planning in twenty twenty is it really needs to establish what that long-term vision is, how it operates, where it wants to get to, not to catch up to the pack, but to go to the, um, to, to as uh, as the great, as the great one said, skate to where the puck's gonna be. And I, I'd add that every mega project starts with a planning exercise. Um, we're focused on winning large projects and programs, uh, It's a great way to run the business, but the best way to win them is to plan them first.
0: Well, that's all the time we have today, Brian. Thanks again for taking the time to be here with us and share your vision.
1: Thanks, Eric. I really enjoyed it. I'm passionate about the subject and I thank you for your leadership.
0: Please be sure to subscribe and check out our show on the internet page for this episode and other upcoming episodes. That's all for today. Goodbye and good day.